All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on DailyFaceOff.com. Welcome to episode 190 of the DFO Rundown. Coming again to you live in person together from uh, Tyler's basement. So, uh, yes, it's like we're bloggers in the basement. I love it. It's fantastic because Frank Saravalli joins us. Frankie, how you doing? Not going to lie, I'm... I'm hurting a little bit. Oh yeah, he's playing the pond hockey. Too. I'm surprised. Like I thought, how many pulled? How many pulled hammies or pulled groins were there? Actually, for the most part, we were able to escape pretty unscathed. But like, so my confession is that I've never actually played pond hockey before. What? I've never skated on a pond. Like we don't have. Like it's not cold enough in Philly to okay. have anything freeze. Wow. So until Saturday. It was the first time I've ever skated on uneven ice. What'd you think about it? Well, there was like cracks and stuff. Like oh, it was yeah. like legit. Like it, there was, it was pretty warm last week. Apparently. Yeah. It was in the plus digits. Yeah. And, uh, it was awesome. It took me a while to get used to it. And I also, I have bad feet. So like my feet were killing me the first game, especially with all that movement, like with the uneven ice, like you're just constantly like. All over the yeah, place. Yeah, you can't coast as much in pond hockey. Not at all. And you you really actually have to be on your toes because of that. And that just that didn't help. So the first game was a bit rough. And then I settled in after that, I think. Got a little better. During the first game, Frank was behind the net and got into a little bit of trouble. And he just went 
And he goes to like rim it out, like off the boards and out. Like he <laughs> just goes, a straight up just fires into the snow. Instinctual <laughs> reaction. Like I went to rim the puck, and they were like, "Dude, high off the glass." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is awesome. Who's going boards and out in a pond hockey game? I had, like, I it was just like. It was like fight or flight, you know, like one of those points where you're like, shit, I'm in big trouble Ugh. here, and I need to get rid of this puck, and I just... Oh, you're just... The, right into the snowbank in the corner. Uh, late 90s, early 2000 defenseman in the NHL, off the boards and out. Awesome. All right, you know what else was a bit of a challenge? I'm not going to lie. At Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge. So much fun. What an unbelievable setting. But to keep dry January going, I was able to do so thanks to our friends at Athletic Brewing. We brought up a full case of Athletic Brews with us to JPL. And look. How many did you shotgun? Oh, well, that was, see, that was kind of fun. Like, that was the fun of it was like, look, you don't have to miss a beat. Like, you can really hang in on the party and have a blast. And so, um, thanks to Athletic Brewing, it's... uh, January 30th, that means day 30, we're almost at the finish line of dry January. And because of that, because of athletic brewing, I was able to keep dry Jan going. Truly a game changer. Don't believe me? Use promo code FRANK20 for 20% off your first purchase at athleticbrewing.ca until January 31st and give dry a try. Their, their lineup of craft, non-alcoholic beers delivered right to your doorstep. Better yet, from now until February 2nd, snap a photo of you enjoying an athletic brew and tag Daily Faceoff and Athletic Brewing on Twitter for a chance to win a signed jersey. The winner will be chosen on the live show on February 3rd. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all face-offs, fit for all times. It's pretty sweet. And, man, was it a – we had an unreal setup there. We had a sick, called, sick cabin. It was gardener's cabin. So it was a whole cabin with four rooms in it. So Frank, myself, it's probably Daniel, like 2,000, 2,500 square feet. And the basement of it had our own private pool table, a second fireplace down there, a seating area. So, like, Oilers Nation's there. We got the DFO guys there. We got the Flames Nation guys there. We had a party on Friday night. An old like, school rager. An old school like, rager. It was like uh, tunes was blasting yeah. until 2 30. Everyone in the was morning. singing. It was awesome. Yeah. A few pizzas I noticed too on your Instagrams. See, that was like, I may not have been able to contribute that much on the ice, but that was my contribution to the weekend. Didn't say anything to anyone. Ordered five cheese wheels at one o'clock in the morning. Delivered right to the to the just, cabin. Whoa, whoa. So yeah, but it wasn't just cheese pizza. Please tell me that. Just cheese pizza. Just yeah. five. We only had. It was we only ate cheese pizza. Yeah. What? <laughs> what is this like a toddler party? <laughs> you, cheese you pizza. Yeah, you don't need to work in anything special. Oh, it's, see, I can't do cheese. My kids. Everyone love cheese else was pizza. hammered. So oh, I, no, it's true. They probably liked it. Like pizza's pizza, but dude, I don't, I don't really check like out my Instagram. Pizza. People were literally chanting my name. Oh, like, I'm sure they. Hey, dude, the guy who shows up with pizza at one in the morning. It's a legendary move. I totally respect it. Just I didn't think it would be all cheese pizza. That's what's caught me off guard. We have here. 32 people. In our little cabin. Well, like pepperoni, man. It's a classic. I was thinking about working in some peps, but I yeah. don't think you need to. You're in to. Canada. You could have got the old uh, whole Hawaiian. That's not pizza. It's a classic. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. Well, you know what? I, I, I'm, see, I'm an all-meats guy. I love all-meats. doesn't matter. You can any. I don't care who the pizza supplier is. All-meats is never a bad call. Yeah I, yeah. I could get on board with some Supreme pizza. Yeah. Well, Supreme. Ooh. Let's see. Even a Supreme. And I don't like onions, but I'll still eat Supreme. Yeah. 
Yeah. But at one in the morning, there's, I don't know you if I've ever go, had It doesn't a, matter yeah. what it there's is. There's never you a bad pizza at one in the morning. I Every, saw, now is it true? Your rem check said he was the last man standing. Last night I was. I don't know. I went to bed early. Yeah, everyone. Early-ish. I went to bed at midnight. It was midnight? me, me on, and Ryan Pinder. On Saturday, I just hit a wall. We played the three games. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, the first one was a little rough. And then the third one was against the Flames Nation crew. Super competitive. Ended up in a tie. Tyler scored with 16 seconds remaining. Tyler's got Ooh. some game. Oh, nice. Ty- he's, got, the game. he's got a little uh, cut chin there. Yeah, he he took a took a rocket to the face. From from our fearless leader, Jay Downton. So we did an Oilers Nation pod before the game to tee up the big matchup. And Jay, on that podcast, goes, here's what we need to do, all right? When I'm hanging back as the D-man, Tyler, if you're on the left side, cut to the middle at the last second, and I'll just fire one right on your tape. And that is the exact play that took me out as I was on the left side. And I was like, I know Jay wants me to cut to the middle. Boom. Stick goes off, or puck goes off a D-man stick right up in my mouth. I'm lucky I didn't, like... It no, hit me on the bottom side of the chin. Okay. You, you so like, would have lost four teeth. Yeah. Like easy. it was. Oh, easy. I'm telling you, it was an absolute rocket. You weren't chewing on your mouth guard either, right? You probably weren't wearing one. No. no. I, well, like the funny thing too, like when I play. And no mask, league, no shield. When I play beer league, like at home. You here, wore a visor. Okay. Yeah, I had a visor. When I play beer league at home here, I always go full cage because I'm like, my mouth's important. I don't want to lose any chiclets. But for this tournament, I was like, oh, out in the pond, I don't want to have my clunky cage on. So I went just visor and like, <laughs> sure shit. The one time you take it off, you get hit in the face. <laughs> By the way, uh, we had a celebrity sighting on the pond earlier on Saturday. Five-time Stanley Cup winner Terry Harper from the Montreal Canadiens played more than 1,000 games, 1963 to 1981. We played against him. He turned 83 the day prior. Get the hell out Comes of here. Comes up from California for this. Unbel- he plays with his nephews every year. He 83. Could, 83, he could still wheel. God, we got to get him on the show. That would be unreal. He could still wheel. Uh, well, dude, you know, it's funny. Certain things, you just, yeah, you slow down, but I'm sure his hands yeah. are probably still, they're still NHL hands. You don't play in the NHL for that long without having sick Ty- skills. Tyler was the knob that absolutely dangled him. <laughs> Like literally, I play with my head down, so I just see someone coming at me, and I'm like, "Oh, got a toe drag around him." Then I was like, "Oh, I yeah." I was like, that. "Congratulations, Tyler! You just toe dragged an 83 year old." How many people can say they toe dragged a five time cup champ? Though? It's true, though. Yeah, you don't say his age; you just say toe dragged five time cup champ. Yeah, yeah. that's I'm sure that's what uh, Matt Berlin's going to be saying in a few years. His one NHL save will probably be like, "Oh, it was Patrick Kane back door, and I robbed him." Yeah, what why a night! Not? Hey, the legend grows for sure. Yeah. But yeah, shout out to our friends at. Fairmount Jasper Park Lodge, Tourism Jasper, unbelievable weekend with the Oilers Nation and Flames Nation crew, and can't wait to make it bigger. I think we need to put in a team DFO next year, get you up there. Dude, I'm in. I love pond hockey. Fired up. I got a few guys. Yeah. Oh. We can bring in a few more. I well, we're going to make this thing explode. Oh, that'd be great. There's seriously no more pure setting. It got a little cold today, uh, and we didn't play today. Uh, Gentlemen's Truce. With the Flames Nation guys, that's who we were supposed to meet in the uh, in the final. When you wake up and it's like minus whoa, whoa, whoa. some with the wind chill. Oh, it was minus thirty out there today. Yeah. The okay, I was just gonna say, wow, you guys. So you guys basically, you were Switzerland. You just agreed to be neutral. We were sitting in the hot tub. Co-winners. Last night. They 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 had yeah. some tub time yesterday afternoon, oh. and we decided in the hot tub. We we're like, you know what? We don't need to put our bodies through that again. We're good. Yeah. Wow. Legendary. Now, we're we're unofficially 
at the halfway point of the season. Of course, it's all-star break. Majority of teams are off. There are 10 games Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday until the league shuts down officially for Thursday, Friday. Jason uh, Greger is going to Arizona for the all-star break. I am having uh, a little break in uh, Arizona. I'm pretty excited for that. Um, a week too early, though. Missed the Super Bowl by a week, but that's okay. It's not like I'm paying 5,200 bones to go to a football game. But I do want – so today we're going to look at some of the uh, the first half – Surprise, we've got a few topics we want to get to and such. So we're going to start, Frank, on first half for you. And we're going to go one from east and one from the west. Who's your biggest positive surprise in the east and the west? In the east, I would say... It's hard to choose between Buffalo and New Jersey. I'm going to say New Jersey because they're in the playoff spot. Okay. I thought that they'd improve, but I still didn't see them as a playoff team. And... A lot would have to go wrong now for them to miss. Um, that John Marino trade was such a big part of their offseason. And then Vitek Vanacek has saved their bacon in a big way. Like, if you look back last year on their process and the things that they, like their underlying metrics, they were actually all really good. They didn't have goaltending. Yep. And so now their young players have continued to take a step. Jack Hughes is, he's been excellent. And there's a lot of great things brewing in Buffalo and, and definitely, I think, surprising, but hard to, to overlook New Jersey. I'm going to go with the Boston Bruins because they're on pace to set the record in wins. And I don't know. I'm not sure anybody even how many people had him picked to win the division. Never mind. Like what did Tyler say? If the Bruins oh, win yes. the division, he will eat cat food? No comment. Yes, that's right. So I look at the Bruins, man, and they really haven't sh- slowed down at all. Like, you look from January 1st, they still have the best points percentage. Like, they've yet to – like, they just <laughs> – By the way, he said he would eat wet cat food instead of dry. What? He thinks he thinks. Oh my god! I can't I wait. I think it might taste more like like pulled pork, maybe. I can't wait to <laughs> I can't wait to watch this. This is going to be epic. <gasps> like I am root. Everybody listening should be rooting for the Bruins simply for this. He said wet though. Oh, oh god! Yeah, Sorry, so like I, the canned cat food is what you're talking. Like yeah, meow mix is that what it is? Yeah, or, or is that the hard? one or whatever? I don't know. I just oh my you god! Know, it's, it's a few like how much away. does he have to eat? Like a whole can? No, I mean he, I, I think he's got to take a spoonful. Like and a, he's got to swallow. And it. he's got to swallow. He, it. he can't. Yeah, he can't I, just spit it out. Yeah, after. no, I agree. And yeah. you have to do it on camera. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, but no. Well, here, you want to know the worst yeah, part about he's this? He's trying to back out, isn't he? No, but wow. no one ever even puts you up to this. He self. It was like a <laughs> volunteered <laughs> for this that people have now ran with. Yeah. Well, hey, dude, you said it though. I agree. That's don't fair. speak it into existence. Yeah. So I have the Bruins as to me the biggest positive surprise, only because like like Lena look at look at Allmark, and we'll get to individual yeah. players. But you look at their whole team, man. Like they got so many players playing well. That it's just, it's unreal. And and by the way, on a side note, the Florida-Boston game on Saturday, I watched it. That's one of the best games I've seen all year long. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. I thought when Pasternak scored, oh my goodness, it's over. It's like the Bruins, they always find ways to win. And then somehow Barkov tied it with 2.4 seconds and then they won in overtime. I think but- that also overlooks when I, when I didn't say Boston, like, you mentioned the question marks, but like it's almost like everyone's forgotten now that they missed Marshan, McAvoy, and yes. Grizzlick for a huge chunk of time. And I think that was everyone's thought process was like the Bruins can be a good team this year. They yeah. were a hundred and seven point uh, point team last year, but they just need to hang on. Yes. Can they hang on in the race long enough 
to get those guys back. Not only did they come back earlier, but they didn't even miss them or need them. And since they came back, they've only gotten stronger and better. Yeah. So in huh. some you know career years, you mentioned Olmark, Jake DeBrusque, you know, back to playing at the level that. Um, you know, he was at a number of years ago, the best hockey Lindholm's of his career. Lindholm's been unreal yeah. on the back end yep. for them. It's unreal. Everything they've touched, Krejci coming back, you know, being 50-point plus David Krejci from a couple years ago, Bergeron following up on his career year at age 37 when he considered retirement. There was a lot hanging in the balance that they've been able to navigate through. Yeah, it's good. So uh, who's your West? Who's the biggest surprise in the West? Probably Winnipeg. Um, I know they just got absolutely filleted by their coach and Rick Bonus after losing to the Flyers on Saturday night. It's a toss-up between Winnipeg and Seattle, um, but I, I truly thought with Winnipeg not making any real changes other than the coaching staff and ripping the C off of Blake Wheeler's jersey that it could have gone one of two ways. It could have either been really good or just absolutely awful. And I obviously I'm a believer in Winnipeg. I picked them to win the Stanley Cup last season, but I just I wasn't really sure what to think. And so, you know, I would have probably and I said they would be a playoff team before the season started, but I, I didn't think they'd be in contention for the division title and for chunks of this season to this point holding down first place. Totally valid. I'm going to go with the Kraken uh, simply because the, their second year team, they were okay last year. And, and they're not, their goaltending numbers, when you look at save percentage and everything, they're still not great. Yeah. They were putrid last year. Yeah. Well, but they're, they're not much better. Like up until two weeks ago, they didn't have guys over 900 save percentage, but they don't give up a ton of shots. They just weren't getting a lot of saves. They score like nobody's business. Dude, they're the best five on five scoring team in the NHL. No one. No one listening had that, thinking, that oh, Seattle's going to lead the league in five-on-five scoring uh, leading into the All-Star break. It's Do you think there's a chance that some of Seattle's success is not repeatable? Like, they have a bunch of guys that are shooting at percentages that are, I think, the last time I looked, like some people that I talked to in, in the analytics world, I've looked at it and they're like, they're a paper tiger. Oh, do I think that they're a favorite? No, but they're the positive surprise because they're this good and it's been this long. And they've also done it, Frank, with a heavy schedule against the best teams in the league. Mm -hmm. Right? Seattle and Edmonton have played the fewest, of all the, the playoff teams, Seattle and Edmonton have played the fewest games against the bottom 10 teams in the NHL. So Daniel Sprong, 17%. Alex Wenberg, 16%. Ryan Donato, 17%. Ellie Tolvanen, who's been a great waiver pickup, 23%. Jared McCann, 24%. <laughs> Matty Beneers, 19%. Those are some incredibly high shooting percentages. Yeah, six guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why they're scoring so much. Everybody, they're feeling it. So is it sustainable long-term? Probably not. Um, but I'd also think that, that their goaltending – it's not sustainable to be under 900 again, is it? it? I think it might be. It might be. You could be right, but... I don't think they're that good. Yeah, so I put Seattle, though, right now, leading the Pacific Division. And how about... The, they're three points behind Dallas for the conference lead with two games in hand. How aggressive would you be if you're Ron Francis? Not that aggressive. Would I you saw, get a goalie? I, I saw the other day someone said they should trade Bo Horvat for Shane Wright and sign Horvat long-term. And I was like, well, that's bold. I actually 
I so I didn't hear that, but I actually kind of like it. I know. I, it's because trust me, when I read I it, I think I was you're like, hoping oh. if you're Seattle that Shane Wright could become what Bo Horvat is now. Yes, and that's a big hope bet. Mm-hmm. And so if you could get the player in hand now, and he's still only 27, and I, yeah. I don't think that Bo Horvat is going to be able to replicate exactly what he's done this season, but he's still a really consistent and competent um, center in this league. That That's a thin position. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, Matty Beneers, I think right now, is their their young offensive guy that they think is going to develop. I really like Beneers. He's really heads-up player. By the way, we'll get to that cheap shot by Tyler. How is that not a suspension? I don't really understand that play. But uh, um, nonetheless... We'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. I, I just thought it was so unnecessary. I didn't really understand. And Beneers is out at least the two games here uh, leading into the All-Star uh, break. But um, I look at, at Seattle, and, and they've been a big surprise to me. So now let's go on the, on the opposite end, Frank. Biggest disappointment, East and West. Biggest disappointment. Hmm. I got I'm, mine if you want me to go. Uh, go ahead. Okay. In the, in the West, this is a toss-up because they're both very close. But I'm going to go with the St. Louis Blues as the biggest disappointment in the Western Conference. Why? This season. Well, you look at look at where they were last year. Um they they had, you know, the 109 points. 109 points. They had what the most 20 goal scorers in the NHL. They, you know, so they weren't relying on one guy. They had a lot of guys producing. Now I know they lost David Perron, but it's one guy. Now injuries have played a part in it, sure, but even when O'Reilly and Tarasenko were were healthy, the Blues were struggling. And I just, I thought the Blues, I didn't think the St. Louis Blues would be sitting here and uh, what are they? They're eight points uh, behind Colorado for the second wildcard spot and Colorado has two games in hand. So in theory, you know, like they're not even 500 points percentage, Frank. You go from 109 points to not even being a 500 points person. They're not even on pace for 82 points, for goodness sakes. Yeah, and I, I don't even think you could point to it and say, oh, this is injuries. No, I agree. That they were this... Before those big injuries to O'Reilly and Tarasenko. But I'm going to say my biggest disappointment in the West is the Calgary Flames. Ooh. Because there's something wrong with that team. I really think that. I think they have, they're broken right now. And I don't know what their answer is or how to fix it. I don't know how good they are. They got to get Markstrom right. That's been a big part of their issue this year. Or they got to just, or they got to run with Vladar a little bit here. They're not willing to. I know. They keep saying, "Oh, you know, Vladar is essentially keeping the seat warm for Markstrom, and that he just hasn't warranted the continued runway." In my opinion, um, I, I just, I don't, I don't think there's an easy fix for them either. And I think after all that they did this summer. Obviously, there was the chance that this didn't go smoothly, given the change, like to be expected almost. But I, I think when you looked at the lineup, you were saying like this team is an easy playoff team. And now, not only are they scratching and clawing, like I don't know who I would take out to put them in. That's the question. Which team would you do you think is going to fall out for Calgary to get in? L.A. It's not going to be the Oilers. No, Vegas is Vegas is the wild card team for me, man. They they have not looked good for the month of January. You how about this? On January first, Frank, 
They had a 10-point lead on Seattle and Edmonton in the Pacific. Now, they were six points up on L.A. Now, today, they are tied with L.A. They're one point behind Seattle and and two points ahead of Edmonton, and Edmonton has a game in hand. Like, they, literally, guys, in, in a span of less than 30 days, they gave up 10 points to, to, to Edmonton, 11 points to Seattle, and, uh, and six points to L.A. So could they fall out? It's possible, like, Mark Stone And wouldn't their is, schedule be sh- yes, tougher? Yes, way tougher schedule. Because they, they ran through a bunch of easy teams Yes, they, they played a lot of the bottom feeder teams this year, and they have the fewest games in the Pacific. Uh, Calgary, Edmonton, and Seattle all have, I think, seven more games against the bottom ten teams in Vegas does. Okay, so does Calgary get in? I do think the Flames get in. Because I agree with you that I, I just can't think that Markstrom is going to be this bad and eventually the flame stubbornness will be like we got to turn to Dan Vladar more they, if you look since I think it was the stat and it might have been on uh, barn burner they talked about how um, I think it was November 26th if you look Vladar was like 9-0-3 hadn't lost a game and Markstrom was like five and something and four of his wins were against like Anaheim San Jose like he hadn't beaten and he'd lost even to some of those bad teams mm. like it's I still think Calgary will find a way in because I think they are good enough to get in. But Vegas is a question mark to me, and Minnesota's the wild card. Minnesota's a big wild card because they have also, Frank, they've crushed the bottom feeder teams, but they've lost bad to the good teams. Hmm. They had a decent weekend, though. Yes. And now they're back in the mix. Yeah, no, they're right in the mix. It's going to be a great race. Like, the the whole Western Conference, there's nothing that's secured. Nothing. No. Like... A few weeks ago, we're like, oh, Dallas and Winnipeg, they're running away with it. But, you know, Dallas, all they can do is lose in overtime, it seems. They have 10 overtime losses. We were just talking what about the, this. Like, what is going on there? They've lost three games in a row in yeah. extra time. It's mind-blowing. Like, they're getting points. Great. Extra but... time. What is this, soccer? <laughs> so OT or shootout. I didn't know how else to say it. Yeah, like them and the Flames. They've got 10. The Flames have nine. Pittsburgh, nine. Um, who else? Uh, Phillies at nine. Like look at Winnipeg. The Flyers just keep winning. Like look at Winnipeg to Dallas. Dallas is three points ahead of them. They have nine more overtime loss points than than Winnipeg. Nine. Now the, Winnipeg. The Flyers won- have caught the New York Islanders. Yeah, I know. Hey, Frank, remember you were just like, what is Philly doing? Hey, Philly's not out of it. Crazy enough, Buffalo is right in it. Florida's in it. The race, the, thank God, because last year, guys, at this time, there was no race in the East. It was nothing. And, and even in the West, it was like, man, there wasn't a whole bunch. This year, the race is legit for the wild card, both wild card spots and a division spot in the uh, in the Metro. And in the West, you have first, second in the uh, in the Central, first overall in the uh, in the Western Conference. The Pacific Division has five teams within six points. It's going to be a great race. Like that's the best part of the final thirty plus games. So, who's your biggest disappointment in the East? I am going to go. Well, I didn't think they'd be that good, so I'm not going to pick the Islanders. I'm going to pick Detroit. There was so much hype. They went out and spent big time in free agency, and Philly's ahead of them. Buffalo's ahead of them. The Islanders are ahead of them. I think Detroit has to be the biggest disappointment in the East based on all the moves they made in the offseason. For the all the same reasons, I'm going to say the Ottawa Senators. The summer of Pierre, how long were we talking about that? What a magical free agent and trade period they had. And and the funny thing is, those guys have delivered. 
DeBrinkett's had an unreal year. Drew has turned back the clock a bit and is having one of his better seasons in the last few years. And their team has no, they've gotten nowhere. I, I don't, I'm going to, I don't want to pull. You were saying right from the beginning yes, that you the, didn't think Ottawa was good. Because what did they do? They did what losing teams do. They added more offense and were just like, they thought they were going to outscore every team. Because look at their defense and their defensive coverage. It's just not good enough. Like, I I, I, I like Sanderson. I like Shabbat. But young D-men need time to learn how to defend. And then you got to insulate them. Like, they sh- realistically, if you were going to get Giroux, to me, getting to Brinkat should have meant we're not getting Giroux. We're going somewhere else. They didn't need both of them. And now they're in a really tough spot. Yes. Because what do you do with the Brinkat? Exactly. I, I said this on a previous pod. Well, you got to qualify him, don't you? I don't. I don't know. Like, how many eight plus million dollar players can you afford? But I think you qualify him, and then you find a I way think to maybe trade. Maybe you somebody. try and trade him at the deadline. <sighs> that would be bold, man. I don't. I think you have to at least, if you're sitting in that Ottawa front office today, you would have to at least be having that conversation. What can we get for Alex to bring it? Can we recoup some of what we spent? But that would almost be like you, you just push the kick the can down the road, right? Because what they give up a first, second, and a third. Yep. And the first was the number seven yes. overall pick. And you're not going to recoup that. Yeah. So then do you double down and just say, okay, we're going to sign this player that maybe ultimately we can't really afford? I think you have when to. When you have holes elsewhere? Yeah, I think you have to. And then say, I'm going to be a good GM. And I'm going to find ways to make other moves. And I'm going to make a trade. Because they've got some forwards that other teams would want. I don't think there's any debate about that. I think they've I got, think they've got, got a ton forwards. of pieces. That Like, that's the like when I say I'm disappointed, like I think the Senators have been the, one of the biggest disappointments, I actually like almost everything they've done. I like all of the pieces that they've assembled. I think they've checked almost all of the positional boxes. Obviously, they need a long-term goalie. That's a solution for them. I don't know that that's impossible to find. They've made some bad bets, Matt Murray being one of them. Um, But I like what the Sens have built. It's just that you need to actually show progress, and there's been no progress from the Sens in terms of their overall team game. And, like, I also didn't realize, like, maybe just because they haven't been super relevant, like, DJ Smith has been there a long time. Oh, yeah. Like, I think this is fourth fourth season. Which I actually agree with. I think too often bad teams just blame the coach, and it takes a while to get a system, get guys comfortable, and then, oh, let's bring in a new coach. Now we start all over, and he's tweaking in different verbiage, and all of a sudden you just spin your tires. Now, that being said, I would look and say, okay, we have to make a really hard decision on DJ Smith. Has he made guys improve? Because offensively, you look, they got, what, five guys with 40 points. And Debrinkat's fifth amongst those five. So offense isn't the problem. But defensively, have they improved as a team? So either the players aren't buying into the defensive system, Frank, or they don't have, they don't, maybe they don't have enough good players, which I don't think they have enough good defenders. But you still shouldn't be that bad defensively. I will say this, though. With all that being said, Frank, Ottawa isn't out of it. Like, they they put themselves at least to give they're themselves a semblance. They're out of it. You think they're out of it? Yeah. You're probably right. They're 500. You need yeah. to play, like, six. Yeah, you probably got to play. Well, yeah, they'd have to play 650 the rest of the way. You're right. It's so not I'll even 650. Back. The actual math on the quote-unquote. I, I keep calling it hockey 500 because it doesn't. In any other sport, it actually means something, and this one it doesn't. 
Because you need to get to 96 points out of 164 available. That means you need to play 585 hockey all year, and they're only at 500. So to get from 500 to 585, like you got to go on a tear, and I don't really know if it's possible. The historical threshold is somewhere around 96 points. Good luck. Because right now, yeah, Pittsburgh is on pace. They're in eighth. They're in the second wild card. They're on pace for 95.4 points. So you on. can literally set your watch to it. Yeah. You've so. got to play 585 to get in the playoffs. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's uh, it's hard, right? That's what, as the playoffs should be hard. But the uh, the loser point makes it a little bit easier at times. So now quickly, Frank, I want to go, before bringing Ty, I want to go to your biggest surprise individual player. In the East and then the West. Because if we go league-wide, I think it's too difficult. So who's your biggest surprise individual player in the Eastern Conference? Um, hmm. I would say... Rasmus Dahlin. Good pick. I think... Because Buffalo was so bad the last number of years that there just haven't been as many eyes and attention on him. He had a really good year last year, and he's sort of vaulted into this top three, top five defenseman in the league conversation that I think when you're drafted number one, there's all that hype and focus and attention, and it's almost like if you don't get there in the first year or the second year that all of a sudden you're not good enough. And it's been fits and starts. It's been, you know, a roller coaster at times, you know, some peaks and valleys for him. But he's there now, and I think he's going to remain there for the next 10-plus years. So to watch Darlene and and the job that he's done with that Sabres team, that's my guy. Okay, that's a really good pick. I have two, and... One, I probably shouldn't be surprised because he's done stuff like this before, but I don't think anybody thought Eric Carlson was going to bounce back offensively in the fashion that he has. 66 points. He's he's tied for 7th in the, or 6th in league scoring right now, although I guess technically he's 8th because of goals. But I'm actually going to go with a player who's – and he's not an elite guy, but right now he's having an elite offensive season. Zach Hyman's never scored 54, more than 54 Did points. Did you give me your guy in the East? Oh, in the East? Yeah, no, sorry. Sorry, I was going to go West. In the I was East, wondering where you were yeah, going yeah. this. I'm like, in why the, are you talking I totally about forgot. I thought it was my turn. In the East, I'm actually going Alex Tuck. And it was close because Tage Thompson. Now, Tage Thompson scored. And I like, you guys know me. You, I was on the Tage Thompson. You should be banned from taking Tage Thompson. Like, it's like, well, select, that's why I didn't it's like take selecting him. your son. I didn't take him. I took Alex Tuck. Like, Alex Tuck has 54 points. It's, I right? just selected it, my son for most surprising player yeah. in the East. But he's got 23 goals already. Right, like Alex Tuck is having himself an unreal year, right? He's got a career high in, in goals already. He's got a career high in points. And he's played 49 games. Like, I like Alex Tuck, but if you look at his numbers straight up, he's been more productive than Jack Eichel, the guy who was traded for, at half, at less, at actually more than half. the Because he's, what, 4.5 and Eichel's 10 mil. I think Alex Tuck was a good player in Vegas. I really liked him. And I was like, ah, you know what? That's a pretty good piece. But I don't even think anybody thought he was the main piece of the trade. 
and he's become the main piece of the trade right away. Alex Tuck, and the fact that like he loves playing in Buffalo. I think Sabre fans love him. He spoke highly of it. He's coming home. So I'm going with Alex Tuck because I don't know if anybody thought he was going to be a 54-point guy at the halfway point of the season. Okay, so now we know your guy in the West. Actually, no, I, I, Zach Hyman is my guy Zach in the Hyman. West. Zach Hyman. Yeah. Okay. So. Who's yours? Mine is Zach Hyman's teammate, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He's on pace for 98 points. His previous career high is 69. Nice. 98 points. And guess I what? I wrote, so I did this whole archetype ranking series earlier in the year, and I had a bunch of different categories and wasn't really sure where to slot Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Like, he's not, you know, he's not a sniper. He's not a distributor. He's not all these things. He's not a clutch player. Like, he's not a Selkie candidate. 32 of his 60 points this year on the power play, which is cooking with gas. I mean, they just absolutely mauled the Chicago Blackhawks on Saturday night again on the power play, feasted on them. And Nuge is the... I. I wrote it then, and I believe that is the case right now. He's the number one power play specialist in the NHL. That's interesting because he's he's the third most important player on their power play. Doesn't matter. He makes it all work. He's sort of like the uh, the engineer, the conductor, that gets everyone where they need to be, gets the puck where it needs to be, and obviously playing with world-class players yeah, that's impressive, but 50-some percent of his, more than 50% of his points are on the power play. So I don't think anyone saw a 98-point season coming for Nuge, and that's the scary part about the Oilers is they have four guys, Hyman, Nuge, McDavid, and Dreisaitl, that are all going to be well north of 90 points. You would think, which is crazy, because now they're only the ninth team in NHL history to have uh, four players with 60 points in the first 50 games of the season. Got to go back to the Penguins in 96, and then I think it was the Pens in 89, and you have the Oilers. The LA Kings actually in 84-85 did it. And then, of course, uh, Esposito and Orr and the boys in 71 were the first team to do it. Um, To do what? To have four players with 60 points or more in the first 50 games of a season. Hmm. Only nine times in NHL history. Like, it's they're pretty, you know, they're pretty good. That is a Gregor stat. That just actually that's like, that is a straight trademark. NHL, I'll be honest, are my boys at the NHL PR uh, PR helped me with that one, so I give them all the props. So um, I just you know what they're hey they're rolling right now, and Hyman's actually on pace for ninety nine points because he's missed a game and he has the same points as uh, Nugent Hopkins. Yeah. It's, it's, cheesy it's, little plug for my new show that launched last week. Frankly speaking, get it wherever you get your podcast. Um, you have Hyman on Hyman Zach Hyman is the guest this Wednesday last week. The first episode, uh, it's just a one-on-one interview series, just me and the guest, you know, firing off questions about a whole bunch of different stuff, and we get into all sorts of off-ice stuff that Zach Hyman is up to. He's episode two. Episode one was former Edmonton Oilers coach, current Kings coach, Todd McClellan. So if you get a chance, check that out. Episode two dropping Wednesday. All right, Frank, before we bring in Ty, quickly, here we are at the, uh, we'll say the belated midway point of the season. Washington's currently in the first wild card spot with 58. Pittsburgh's 57. Buffalo is 56. Islanders 55. Florida 54. 
And I won't rule out your city because they had a big win. Of course, the Eagles, uh, Philly's, Philly's so excited right now. I heard they were greasing the lamp poles. That's pretty normal, though. Yeah, greasing the lamp poles so people can't is. climb on it. That's unbelievable. It's like, even more insane that you're just like, it's normal. For yeah. Philly, like, so, like, so <laughs> when the Phillies went to the World Series in 2008 or won the World Series, I was part of the, like, revelers downtown. I, have I told you this story? No. Like, uh, somebody toppled, like, the traffic lights on Broad Street. Oh, my God. And, the the like, it was literally laying in the street. Like, cars were being set on fire. Anyway. Why? <laughs> I Because it's the Phillies and they're red, I wanted a piece of the red light, which was, like, kind of, like, in shards. Yeah. And so, like, there's a million people around, and I bend over to pick up a piece of the red light that's Risky. literally in the ground, like, on the ground. Dude, I got jacked up by a police officer with a billy club. He sent me flying like 25 feet. I have never been so shocked in my life. I lit like literally it was a yard sale. That's how hard this dude hit me with his billy club. He had the SWAT gear on and everything. I was not expecting that at all. Where did it hit you? He I was like like bent over and he checked me like literally and sent me absolutely flying. <laughs> Just because you were trying to pick up a piece of the, the uh, red light, yeah, it was like stay. So away. you didn't get it? Uh, no. <laughs> well, I thought maybe you had it in your hand, and then he... I was trying, man. I oh. wish. Oh. How buckled were you? I actually was like pretty sober. Oh. Like I, I went to the game and then just sort of made my way up Broad Street. And now, what about in two thousand? Was it seventeen when the Eagles won the Super Bowl? That I watched in my basement oh, alone. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Actually, so you. I didn't want anyone. Yeah, yeah. Messing with my. Game viewing experience. Okay, fair. And now today, like when the Eagles won, we taped this on Sunday afternoon. My wife was like, hey, our son Christian, like Christian wants to go to the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, okay. And so does everyone else in Philly. Like, congratulations. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Honey, do you know how much a ticket is? Pardon? No, she's like, oh, once in a lifetime experience. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. No, it is once in a lifetime, but uh, rather expensive once in a lifetime. Uh, so quickly, when you look at that, who are going to be? So if we assume Boston's in, uh, Toronto and Tampa, they look uh, they look pretty good at this point. I, w- I think we can all safely say that. Uh, Carolina, New Jersey, uh, even the Rangers, I think, got a pretty good spot. So let's, for fun, Washington, Pitt, Buff, Islanders, Florida, and I'll give your Phillies uh, some love. No, don't. Okay, so which two are in the playoffs? Give me the teams again. Washington, Pittsburgh, 58-57, Buffalo, 56, Islanders, 55, Florida, 54, Pitt, 50, or sorry, Philly, 51. I'm going to go Pitt, Buffalo. Pitt, Buffalo. Okay. Some There's some mojo that the Sabres are cooking with. Oh, right dude. Now. They've hey, got it. On they score like nobody's business, and if they could also just get slightly better goaltending. I agree with you on the Sabres. But I'm going with the Florida Panthers as well. So you think Pitt and Wash are both going to miss? Yep. I'd just be shocked if Pittsburgh. I know it if would be if Sidney Crosby lets that happen. It would be crazy. I totally agree with you. But when I watch Florida and I'm watching, they beat Boston twice this year. I'm watching that game and I'm like, how the hell are they not in a playoff position right now? It makes no sense to me. And I just think in the final 30 games, Florida finds their mojo. They're gonna have. They're gonna get a kick, Frank. From hosting the All Star Weekend, that'll be the boom that they need. Got down a the stretch. S- the Pittsburgh Penguins have a 16 year playoff streak on the line. Yeah, 
And Florida, by the way, I was looking this up. I don't know why. I just happened to run into some of the logos today for All-Star Weekend. If you host All-Star Weekend, like there's a few teams that have hosted and won the cup that year. Ooh. Colorado in 2001 was one. There was another one in the mid-90s, and I was like, wow. So you, win the All- you host the All-Star game? Not to say like it's, uh, yeah. it's whatever, but by and large, like the teams have been pretty successful in that. You get an opportunity to host. You're usually not one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, well, Florida, hey, they, from Presence Trophy to miss the playoffs, I, I just can't get it, so I'll go there. Now, what about the, the New York Rangers in 94? That's who it was. New York there City had the That was quite the year. Game. Yeah. Quite the year. So let's go to the West. Who, um, the Pacific Divisions, hey, man, there's five teams within six points of one another. Seattle, Vegas, L.A., Edmonton, Calgary. Then you have Dallas, Winnipeg, Minnesota, and Colorado. Even Nashville, if you want to argue, they're still in the mix because they have games in hand with 54 points. Blues, I'm sorry. So who who? Do, let's go through it. Dallas and Winnipeg, I think we can say they're playoff teams. After that, I don't think there's a lock because the Pacific is so tight, Frank. So who are your three Pacific teams in the playoff positions? And then who are the, uh, the who's third in the in the central and who will be the wild card? So the final six. I think the eight teams that are in okay. today are the eight teams that get in. So Calgary and Nashville are out. Correct. I think it's Colorado, Edmonton, not not in any specific order, but I'll give you Pacific first. Seattle, Vegas, L.A., Edmonton, all in. Central, Dallas, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Colorado. All right. I just haven't seen. Uh, I know uh, people say I'm probably going to say listening to this pod that I'm down on the Flames. I just haven't seen any sort of, you know, glimmer of why I should pick this team right now. There's there's nothing that you can hang your hat on confidence-wise to say they've got the goods to do it. Yep. Uh, as we speak, the Bruins could be losing, losing their third consecutive game and uh Washington, heads are falling off Washington also uh, on the verge of uh losing uh I am going to pick in the west uh, I actually think Calgary gets in I'm going to say oh well, Nashville doesn't make it and mm, the LA Kings the Kings are minus nine goal four differential, man. Like that's it's the Kings just have gotten it's, bad. They've gotten a lot of help from Phoenix Copley, but that's all they are away. Yeah. I think is goaltending. They've yeah. got D. No, I like it. Surplus so. D. They've got Kevin Fiala has been an unreal pickup. They should go for Corpusalo at the deadline. Corpusalo. He's Talbot. Been, I like Corpusalo this year better than Talbot. Neither one's a great start long term, but the way Corpusalo is playing right now, I think he's an upgrade. I would, just, sure I would try is. and focus like I would try and focus on someone that you think you can fill the void with if you're going to give up assets now and also for the next couple of years. Fair, but because it, it doesn't like who is that? I'm not sure if I see one. That's I the problem, know. right? Or or would you even go Varlamov as a rental? I like him. I still think he can play. I like him too. No. Let's bring in uh, Tyler Uremchuk. Yeah. What are we doing today? Buy or sell? Fill in the blank? Uh, doing like a little bit of a different Perfect. style of All fill right. in the blank for uh, our friends at Montana's bringing back the viewing party with their new daily deals every night. You take advantage. Monday's half price wings and their wings are legit. They're like super, like the coating on them makes them extra crunchy. They are Dude, we fantastic. talked about Montana so much this weekend. We really did. It's funny. Uh, anyways, montanas.ca if you want to find out more details. So what I have for you guys 
is five like stats related trivia questions from the love first it. half of the season. And I'm actually interested. I'd love for people listening to play along as well and like tweet us. Let me know how many you got right. Because I'm not and even don't sure. cheat. Don't Google. Yeah, don't cheat. Don't Google. Like, do it in real time along with So us we're not going to look. So Jay's going to put his phone down. Yeah. And so I put my phone down. The questions, I will say, get harder as it goes on. It's First a pyramid one, scheme. I like it. Player that leads the NHL in even strength points. Frank? Uh... Eric Carlson. Yes, he. I know he leads the league in five-on-five five scoring, so I'm going to go with him too. You guys nailed it. Easy first one for you. Uh, I was gonna. I wanted to say Connor McDavid. He has what ninety-two and fifty. Yeah, yeah. ninety-two points, in fifty games. For but it's that power play, man. It just. You know, Connor McDavid's not even second anymore. Who is? Jack Hughes mm-hmm. has moved into second. Yeah. He's been one of the best scorers. He's on fire later. Yeah. Lately. Um, all right. So you guys both went one for one on uh, the first one. Next one, team question. Which team in the NHL leads the NHL in shots on goal, Jason? Most shots on goal? Yeah, for a team. Per game? I think I know this. Oh, God. Not per game. Total shots. Oh, just total, yeah, shots. Just total shots. So they've obviously played That's more games. So that will uh, that will alter it. Um, he's about 80 up on second place as well. New Jersey. Frank, what's your guess? Florida. It is. It's the Florida Panthers who have... They were averaging 39 shots a game for a really long time. That's why they're making the playoffs, baby. I don't think so. I don't... I mean, it wasn't translating in... They've been doing it all year, and it wasn't translating into wins, but they, they remain very confident. Like, I... I don't think any team in league history has averaged 40 shots a game. You'd have to check. That's a shitload of shots. Yes. So they're at 1,856. The Flames are in second at 1,771. So it's interesting the Flames are up there too. But they throw pucks on net from everywhere. Yeah, Yeah, but they've also had really bad shooting percentages. Yeah. So you could argue that they're a bit unlucky. I actually wrote that this week in my trade deadline playbook that mm. goaltending has been a big factor, but also that they've they've had a lot of shots and quality shots, but they haven't gone in. Also, uh, surprise player, since we're on, since I mentioned the Panthers, Carter Verhage, 26 goals already this season for Carter Verhage. Beats his career high of 24. Guy's an animal. Yeah. Uh, all right, third one I got for you. It's a defenseman, the D-man with the most shots on net. It's your turn to go first, Frank. I was going to give you guys the division for this one that the player's in, but I'm not now. Brent Burns. Okay. Jay? He does shoot the puck a lot. Um, Rasmus Dahlin. Both wrong. It's actually Roman Yossi. God. There was a ton of yeah, rubber. He f- and that's why their power play stinks, because they shoot too much on yeah, the point. Yeah, just wrist shots on the blue line. <laughs> All right. Fourth one I got for you guys. There is one player in the NHL with four shorthanded goals this season. And the hint I'll give you, because this one, it's hard. It's a forward in the Pacific Division. Oh. So I think it's... I think Sam Lafferty has three. So Jason's turn to go first. There's a bunch of guys with three, but only one guy in the league with four. The Pacific. For some reason, I'm thinking it's Seattle or L.A. Um, I will go... Phil Deneau. Okay. Frank? Um, 
Only because I saw him score one, so I know he's got at least one. <laughs> hmm. I'm trying to think who kills penalties. It's a it's a weird one, to be fair. Is it a rookie? No. Nope. I I have no I was gonna guess Gabe Velarde. Riley Smith. That wasn't Vegas. close. Not not a player you'd really expect. Yeah, I was surprised by that one, so I wanted to mix it huh. in there. There you go. Good question. Last one I got for you guys. One, two, three, four. Yeah, this is number five. There is one forward in the NHL who has played in more than 40 games and hasn't scored a goal. One forward, north of 40 games played, zip in the goal department. Does have a few assists. What conference he in? I can't say. It'd give it away. Frank? It would give it away? Give it away. Jesus, there's 16 teams in each conference. Yeah. I know, but uh, you'll see. Sorry. Uh, Zach Cassian? Okay. No, I saw him score. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he scored, so... Oh, God. 40 Show games. Show your rack for Zach. Yeah, that was 2017 playoff. 40 games, no goal. So, man, you got to be doing something right to stay in the lineup that long. That's enough. No, seriously. Thank you. I know, but you're going to hear the. Okay. Yeah. So, Ford. Oh, God. Um, 40 games. I can't even think of somebody. Dude, that's like uh, that is Marcus a... Nima Linen territory. Uh, Toby Reader did it. He went like all dude. Nima Linen, I think, has played like forty or fifty some NHL games. And I still don't. But think he's he a D man, right? There's actually so there is a group of five players, five forwards who have played in more than thirty games and haven't scored. But there's just the one who's in the forty games played. Man, I can't even think. Come on, of, we need an answer. I yeah. can't even think of a legit <laughs> option. So, um. It's so hard to come he up. He must with. be a hell of a penalty killer. Like Has he must to be. That's, what, that's what I'm trying to rack my brain. I'm like, who's on the penalty? He doesn't kill penalties? What? <laughs> it's so funny. How do you not kill penalties? And not, what the hell are you doing? Oh, maybe it's a fighter. Um, no, Gadjevich has scored. Um, I think Nick Delorier has scored. Scored a few times. Oh, man. I will go with uh, Reeves. Nailed it. Yeah! <laughs> so the reason I couldn't say what conference is because he's played in both. Oh, fair. Oh, so oh, if yeah. I told you he'd been traded. That's a well, good question. Took Gregor a while to get oh. through. He got it. When you were like, what is he doing to stay in the lineup? <laughs> uh, doesn't kill penalties, yeah. So yeah. who are the Just other guys? Big energy who guy. are the other guys? Uh, the other guys. But he has quite a Doesn't he have a few apples at least? Six apples. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And actually, surprisingly, only 24 pims as well. But I guess no one goes with them, right? Like, yeah. Uh, Jason Megna, who's played for the Abs yeah. and Ducks. Sammy Blay has gone 38 games without a goal in New York. Liam Foody in Columbus has played 30 games without a goal. And David Gustafson, 38 without a goal. Because I know Reader set the NHL record last year for most shots on goal before scoring his first goal. Reader was in the league last year? No, no a few uh, years yeah, ago, yeah. yeah. And he uh, set the record. He had like over 90 shots. Before he scored. So there is already a player in the league who's fired 90 pucks on net and hasn't scored. It's Kevin Shattenkirk in Anaheim. Yeah, D-man, yeah. Yeah, he's a yeah. D-man out of yeah. forward, though, which yeah. didn't fit the mold of this question. Even Shattenkirk, though, he had lots of, he had some pretty good offensive numbers yeah. for a long time. 
So. All right, uh, we're going to wrap this up with our Points Bet Canada bonus question for today's episode. The Central Division, you guys talked about it a little bit. Avs uh, still hanging around, but you have Winnipeg, who's now lost three in a row. Dallas has lost three straight in overtime, just four wins in their last 10 games. Points Bet Canada has the odds. Dallas is minus 110, Colorado plus 325, Winnipeg plus 475. Do the Avs have a shot at this thing? What percent chance would you give the Avs of, of winning the division? I would bet the Avs. I you bet would? them two weeks ago. Well, I didn't actually bet them two weeks ago, but I, I said, people were like, what are you talking about? They're 10 points out. I said, no, no, they're starting to heat up, man. They I, could easily win yeah. 12 in a row, lose a couple, win another eight in a row, like... That's. I think the Avs have a legit shot. I like it's not a hundred percent or anything. I would. I would give them. Uh, I would take. What did you say? Plus three twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. I put. I put twenty bucks Almost down on that. No problem. Point. Yeah. It's the only odds, given how much of a crapshoot it is, that it's actually worth playing. If not, just sit on your hands. What are the Pacific Division odds as of right now? Well, they're just they're cr- changing like crazy. Um, but Seattle's at plus one fifty five, Edmonton and Vegas both at plus three hundred, Calgary at plus seven fifty, L A plus eight hundred. See, look, even they are like L A, like you're plus eight hundred. You're right there, right? Like you're yeah. go off on a ten game heater, and you're going to put yourself in such a good spot. But uh, I don't know. Like I, Frank's right about their goaltending, man. There's just. They might get in, but I don't know, man. I could see LA going because they play the a few only more. team in the, I think the only team in the league that actually needs a goalie. Oh, hundred percent. Seattle. They could get by without one. Like they yeah. could just keep rolling with Martin so Jones. You're right. All right, there you go. That's a wrap on a uh, trivia edition of Fill in the Blank, brought to you by our friends in Montana's Montana's.ca. Check out the new comfort menu. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Heck of a weekend, heck of a trip. Frank, doing the pod live face-to-face. It's so much more fun. I love it. It's great. Yes. So it's good. And uh, have everybody have a great week. Enjoy. It's not. You know what I like about the NHL? They didn't just go blank for the whole week. Lots of buys, but there's still some games. Half and half. Half the teams are getting their bye week before the All-Star break. No, it's actually split, I think, dead even, if I'm not mistaken, schedule-wise. That's how you'd have have to be an even number. Because there's only 10 games Starting today up until Wednesday. 
total of 10 games. And Carolina plays three of them. So I believe it's even, I looked at the bye week stats. It's evenly split, I think, between before the break. And then if you don't get your bye before the All-Star break, then you get it on the back end of the break starting yes. on Sunday. Oh, yeah. No, that's true. You do definitely do that because teams that technically don't have their bye yet, Toronto, because they're playing, right? Boston, um, Washington, St. Louis, and Winnipeg play uh, tomorrow. L.A., Carolina, Ottawa, Montreal, Columbus. Getting close to half. Buffalo. Yeah, so one, two. I think there's three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You don't believe me, do you? Yeah, it's close. Yeah, there's there's 11 teams that don't have their bye yet. All right. Well, so. you know what's pretty awesome? Tyler and I are heading to Florida this week for the All-Star game. And uh, a couple days from now, be February. Have a good week, everyone. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Cervalli and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.